Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. There's a teaching that um, is extremely simple and that um, I love um, because I think because I, I recognize uh, in it, uh, the, I recognize truth in it uh, in my own experience. And it says that um, this very little teaching says that. Um, um, two causes for the arising of wisdom. Wisdom being uh, what the factor of mind, you could say, that uh, liberates the mind. Where the freedom that we can experience, the ease of being that we can experience, where it comes from, comes from wisdom. So there's two things that can cause a, a wise view or wisdom to arise. Two things. Anybody interested? <laughs> it's very important to pay attention right there because uh, it's kind of the, the key here, like the little key to freedom is there. So, two things. Surprise, surprise. Wise attention and the voice of another. Very simple. For the arising of a wise view, two conditions I can do this. Wise attention or the voice of another. It touches me to say that because in my own practice, it's been so true. So true. I've sat here And uh, sometimes the two conditions join together, wise attention and the voice of another. Sitting here and hearing the Dharma being spoken, being offered, and uh, provoking understanding or helping understanding or things that uh, often I felt I kind of knew, but suddenly they were named, and suddenly they was like, yes, I know that to be true, you know? But it came from the voice of another. And if you think in terms of the uh, Buddha Dharma, the teachings of the Buddha, you have 2,600 years of people offering teachings, offering their voice, to one another, you know? And in this way, helping wisdom uh, arise, the arising of wisdom. And so, um, I don't know, for me, there are really two keys. And this week, we're going to talk a lot about uh, uh, how to pay attention. Wise attention, what is this wise attention? Um, for me, I forget a lot of the times, uh, I think last night, um, uh, Anne was talking about uh, wise attention in, in using the term remembering, you know, remembering the present moment. Uh, mindfulness remembering itself. Oh yeah, I had the plan when I started walking towards the end of this little path, I had the plan to be present, you know? And I forgot, you know? But now I remember that I want to be here, yeah. Um, so, I was going somewhere with that. I forgot. That, that's a bad start. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, I was... <laughs> I remember... <laughs> I was saying, uh, 
that I forget a lot of the times, but uh, I want this wise attention to be a, a lifestyle, a mode of living, a way to live, you know? And, uh, and I see that uh, because of practice, because of exposing myself to groups of like-minded people, exposing myself to wise beings. Uh, I've, be, I've trained the mind to do it. And uh, it's, it, uh, it really feels like it, what's l- slowly, progressively is liberating step by step this mind, you know. Um, and it's also, mm, I found over the years that it's a pleasant abiding. It seems like it's the best strategy for me to meet life. I haven't found a better strategy than to be there while whatever is happening is happening, be it comfortable, easeful, pleasant, or uncomfortable, unpleasant. And when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about sensations in the body, uh, any door, the ear door, you know, or uh, when the voice of another is saying something that I don't want to hear. <laughs> you know, I found that uh, over all the different strategies available, the best one is actually to be there, you know. Um, it says here that um, unwise attention is the cause for torments of the mind to arise. So you see the flip side here. Wise attention is the cause for the beautiful qualities of mind to arise. And I'll talk maybe more about this. And unwise attention, forgetfulness, uh, mindlessness, is the perfect condition for torment to arise. So, in my view, we could stop the talk right there. I think it's, for me it's plenty. I hear that and I'm like, oh, I almost want to go back to silence because that is rich. That is really rich for me. But I'll keep going for entertainment's sake. <laughs> um, and when I say mode of living, I just want to give a few examples. Is uh, uh, just, just a few minutes before we started the, the sit, uh, the talk, as I was uh, putting the speaking device, I noticed that there was mindfulness. You know, there was a there was presence. I knew what I was doing as I was picking it up. I was not thinking about what was coming or, you know, rushing through so it would be done, you know. I was like, oh, here's a complete activity here, putting on the earpiece or whatever it's called, you know, and the presence to this. And I'm, I'm talking very spontaneously here about this practice. But for me, one of the, you know, when I said earlier, Wise attention is responsible uh, for the arising of beautiful qualities of mind. I could see that. I'm not going to remove it, <laughs> do it, but just as I was lifting this, I'm sorry I get touched uh, easily. Uh, so, just as I was um, lifting this and putting it on, there was um, some kind of contentment. Life was full. I didn't need to get approval from somebody. I didn't need to get something good taste in my mouth. I didn't need to get, you know, there was, uh, there was just being there with this activity, putting this fully, generously, you know, giving generous attention to just that. And so for me, the being mindful is really very much related to contentment giving myself fully to walking, giving myself fully to, you know, and I see when I'm half there how torment of the mind can come in. Like how I can, whoops, just go back to a long past past, you know, or just a few seconds past past, or some kind of fiction that I live in a lot, who is Pascal and how is he perceived by this one or that one or these ones and what will happen to Pascal in the future, you know? This is kind of the trance I can get caught in, you know? But if 
I give myself fully to putting on shoes, then I'm, in a way I'm protected from weird, fascinating things that, you know, keep repeating this way. And then they turn this way, you know. Like, I'm really a good person. I've always been a good person. You're such a liar. It's, you're a fake. <laughs> and it goes like this, and I'm like, but am I a good person or am I a fake? You know, and, and it's very complex, but when I just do like the Buddha here, and just when he was tormented like this on the night of his awakening, you know, come, don't stay there, we have great things for you to do, why sit under a Bodhi tree, you know? It's boring, there's stuff going on in the city, and you know? Or like, who do you think you are to do this? Everybody can do this except you, you know? All these things were coming to his mind, and what did he do? He just did something extremely simple, cutting through doubt and the trance of me and me in the world. And, you know, it just did like this, touched the ground. This I know. There's no place for doubt in there. There's pressure, there's heat or cold or absence of a certain kind of temperature, you know. There's just the simplicity of this. Cutting through loads of shit. If, if you allow me to say this. <laughs> I think it's too late. <laughs> the damage is done. <laughs> so, uh, an image that is used in the texts is um, the image of a bottle of water, empty bottle of water. And it says, when the bottle is empty of water, it's very easy to pour water inside it. It's, it's very easy. Uh, in the same way, when there's no attention to the body, when there's no presence to embodiment, to incarnation, carne, meat, in the meat, you know, when we're not in there, it's like um, the bottle of water is empty. It's very easy for Mara, it says in the text, to come in. Mara being the kind of the torments of the mind. So the doubt, the desire for something else, you know, that seems to be talking about happiness. If you were somewhere else, it would be so much more satisfying, you know. And, oh yeah, my happiness is not at Spirit Rock, it's at you know, some Fairfax cafe or, you know, Point Race beach, uh, some, some place, you know, or with my partner. Or it seemed to be talking about happiness. The experience, if I bring mindfulness, the immediate experience is what? An experience of lack. There's something lacking. I'm not where I'm supposed to be, where happiness is. So this desire for something else come easily if there's no mindfulness of body. And we can see this. We're just doing the walking. And for just a little bit of time there, there's just a fullness of attention. Stepping, stepping, very simple. Stepping, stepping. And then the attention being, um, you know, uh, um, what would be the word there? Uh, um, coming and going, let's call it like this. Uh, there's the attention leaves. It's nobody's fault, you know, it just, it does happen, you know. And right there, you know, like just before the less, last step, I almost made it to the end of the path. <laughs> but in that lack of mindfulness, suddenly there's like, that's boring here, I should be somewhere else, you know. Maybe I should be in my room and reorganizing my socks. You know, that's where happiness is. It's, I think it's very important I go back to check how many sucks I got, you know. And it's, so it's in that gap of mindfulness that actually some kind of troubling suck ideas made its way to torment my mind if it's not the end of the last relationship or, you know, some kind of obsession that will, uh, I, can, um, I think I can say, attack the mind. I, I, I live in that mind, too. I know. <laughs> I know what it does. <laughs> um, so, um, 
So this image of the, the, the when the mind uh, is suffusing is is uh, or when the body is suffused rather with mindfulness, then it says that uh, there is a seclusion. This, it's like the water, the the bottle of water is full and nothing else can come in. This this fullness in there, yeah. We call it also seclusion. The mind gets uh, and body gets secluded. Uh, gets protected from uh, what we call the hindrances, what hinders our practice, or have you noticed our lives? You know these uh, qualities that come. The, classically, there are five. So you might be you might you might know this uh, this theory. It's good maybe to visit it together again. And so what we know as the hindrances. It says that the mind is naturally radiant, responsive, free, easeful. I put a few words in there of my own. You know, that's what the some of the Buddhist thoughts say. The mind is naturally responsive and free. It's because of visiting forces uh, that the mind gets tormented. Yeah, and we see this here. Um, we sit. It's actually, it's, none, it's not threatening, you know, it's a beautiful environment. Nobody's asking anything of us, you know, we can just sit here. But we sit here and suddenly the complexity arises. Does that happen to you or just to me? You know, I should do this otherwise, I'm not good enough, I'm the best one. They're, you know, suddenly feeling totally separate, I really got it, they don't. You know, or this, you know, it gets really complex and... The, the, base, the thing is so basically s- simple. Can you just sit there and enjoy? You know, not possible. <laughs> Torments of the mind, you know. Or walk. Can you walk just back and forth? If it seems too much, you can just stand or even sit outside. Nobody will run after you. Hey, it's a 45-minute walk. You've done only 20 minutes, you know. Nobody's going to come and torment you. Because we know we can, we can do this on our own. <laughs> Don't need anybody to torment us, you know. It's freely provided from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> By these five hindrances of desire for something else to happen, something else, to be somewhere else, to be somebody else. It takes many forms, you know. Or its opposite aversion, not wanting. Sometimes they come together. Not wanting to feel what I'm feeling now not wanting the reality to be like this, not wanting this that just happened to have happened. Some resistance of some form, you know, to the schedule, to the room, to the past that I have, to, you know, some kind of resistance, very difficult. So we say these are the hindrances when we try to practice. They hinder, they block the practice. I find that they also block life what makes me not be able to really fully hear somebody is because I want them to say something else. I don't want them to say what they're saying. I'm not really there because I have a positioning about reality. Yeah. Another of the hindrances is um, sloth. Yeah. The lack of energy to meet reality. Yeah. Often caused by our superficial attention that is not refined enough to meet reality, you know? It's like I'm sitting here like this too little. I need, you don't know me, I need high stimulation. This is no stimulation here, you know? Give me a TV, a car to drive, and a phone to answer, and emails coming in, you know, and I'll, I'll be very quiet <laughs> and functional, you know? And remove all these, and there's nothing happening here. Oh my God, give me something, the breath, is no, it's so far, it's so foggy, it's so, you know, this because the attention is so r- gross, you know, it's used to really strong stimulation, strong opinions, strong ideas, you know, and, and so now we remove all this and it's like, ah, I'm lost, you know, and so we have to give time for the sensibility to, to come, you know. I think that's a lot what we do here. We get more sensitive. But 
not uh, in a balanced way. They always comes together. We we open up the senses. That's why we're here huh? to open up these five senses to uh, maybe cut through the trends of ideas about stuff, many ideas about the world. But suddenly we say, oh, maybe I'll dr- try to drop the ideas about wor- the world, about me, about others, about everything. Have you noticed how this mind can comment? You know? Drop the ideas and meet life. This is what, why we com- came here for, to actually meet life and learn how to meet it in a graceful way, maybe. You know, how to meet the pain without losing our mind. How to meet the beauty without getting all worked up. You know, how to meet the passage of sensations and sounds and feelings and all this. So that's what we do here. We sit here and we walk here and we move here and everything else that we do, we eat here in order to foster the awakening of the senses, the wise attention to what, what is actually happening here. Not my ideas, not my comment, commentary, com, com, commentary, commentary. <laughs> okay, reorganize <laughs> in your mind, <laughs> please. Um, uh, yeah, so not our ideas about the world, but meeting the world. So we need to slow down, that's what we do. And we need to, maybe it involves some passages of falling asleep, you know, uh, as uh, to take time for the, um, for the sensitiv- sensitivity to come back, for, for the, the attention to suddenly get curious about something very simple like breeze on the side of the face, you know, heartbeat, you know, silence, the absence of sound or just vibration in the room. Yeah. So desire, aversion, uh, um, sloth, and uh, too much energy also. Oh, I've got, let me go back to sloth just because I see it's happening inside of me right now. There's, there's the energy. So one more thing I'll say about this is sometimes uh, in the practice, there is energizing qualities of mind and there's also calming qualities of mind. Yeah. And so when the calming qualities are developed to some extent and they're not met by the energizing qualities of mind, we tend to fall asleep or fall asleep or get a little, uh, like I am a little bit like this now. I can see there's an imbalance in Pascal because there's a quietness. So the ideas drop, you know, like I'm talking about something and make a kind of a parenthesis. And at the end of the parenthesis, there's no more thoughts. (laughs) There's a gap there. I'm like, wow, like I made this little parenthesis. I was going somewhere, but I lost it because the mind got calm in the last sitting in some ways that it was not met by energy by maybe uh, energy being curiosity, sometimes curiosity or enthusiasm about practice could be uh, some of the energizing factor. And the mind gets really calm and Pascal is really satisfied with breath, you know, in, out, in, out, (laughs) in, out. You know, there's the intelligence, the vitality is not there. So it's not, you know, it's not like, wow, what is breath? What is, it's just like very happy with breath in, breath out, you know, and then it goes like this, you know, and then I'm supposed to talk after that, you know, then it becomes a challenge, <laughs> you know, so maybe slowly the energy will pick up and I'll be able to finish my sentences. <laughs> um, so the slot and the opposite is sometimes when the energy uh, factors are too developed or there is remorse or agitation, um, about, you know, there's obsession in the mind about the past or the future, hyper-planification. Anybody suffers from that? Yeah. So we discover this here as we sit here, that the mind is kind of obsessed with uh, planification or rethinking about the past. And that creates agitation, too much energy. And there's no calming factor. There's no calm. There's no stability. I'm just obsessed, obsessed, obsessing. 
So this is another of the hindrances uh, that comes. A lot of energy, agitation, and remorse. Sometimes it takes that color. And the last one uh, is the doubt. So I would suspect that doubt might have been visiting a, f- a visiting force that came to torment minds here and there today. Like, what am I doing here again? What was that good idea of coming to retreat? Why would I do that to myself? Yeah, Anybody had that? Thank you for your honesty and willingness to expose yourself in this way. Yeah. So all these, when, when there's uh, uh, the absence of mindfulness of the body, the mind is not invested in feeling the breath or feeling... Uh, for me, the body that we're practicing here, attention to the body, it means the five senses. So in a way, I don't really care if you're hearing or if you're aware of seeing or aware of breath and sensations, you know, but something related to the five senses. Yeah. Like just now there was a little bit of the bird singing, you know, his full attention is given to that. Generous attention is given to that. Maybe we have to do this again and again, you know, gently, lovingly starting over and, saying intentionally, oh, I'm going to give my full attention to hearing. A full attention to the posture is one of the ways that the Buddha taught uh, body meditation, just being aware of sitting. I'm going to just do this again and again. Then the attention refines, and slowly the hindrances, what makes our life miserable on retreat, uh, slowly they can maybe... uh, start uh, abating, abating, something like that. Mm. Just to uh, sell the point of attention to body a little bit more, a few more images. Uh, another image that is used in the text is, um, is um, a r- if imagine you have a rock and you um, throw the rock in um, fresh uh, cow dung. Just to, to can, can you imagine in your mind cow dung? Visualize cow dung. Thank you. <laughs> imagine a rock, how easily it goes in. Yeah? It's, a, the, it's compared to the, the mind not being uh, fully invested in the body or in hearing in one of the senses, being fully aware, fully conscious of seeing or hearing or sensing the body yeah opposed opposed to um, a rubber ball that you would throw against a hard um, wood uh, door you know if you throw a rubber ball against a hardwood door there's no it doesn't do anything to the door you know and the buddha used that image to say if your mind is very invested in the body it will become like a hardwood door and the hindrances, the difficulties of mind won't be able to come in. Yeah. So this, this is for us to discover in practice, to see if that's true or not, if, it, if that works for us or not, and how, how it does. You know. Maybe just one of the little tricks that I've used a lot, and so the trick first, uh, before, on retreat, before starting a new activity, let's say I'm sitting, the bell rings, just before going to walk, I would think to myself, how can this next activity foster ease and presence? I would raise that question. Instead of going to walk, so I do the walk, so I follow the schedule, so I did the walk, you know, how can that next activity Foster ease and freedom or ease and presence, maybe in this case. And I started doing this with every next activity. Something finishes, it's time to go down eat. How can going down the hill foster ease and presence? Or foster mm, uh, kindness and presence? 
so that every activity here would become a tool to embody uh, this form. So for me that's been very useful and I can see that when I pick up uh, the ear piece and I put it like this, it's because I've done that training and then suddenly there's a fullness of presence there. In this, uh, in the wake of this uh, wise attention, there's many, many qualities that are born. I said that earlier, but maybe I'd like to name a few. Apart from the contentment that I mentioned, there is a kind of softness that I've seen being born in Pascal. You know, so I, I say Pascal just because I'm, you know, in the middle of that one a lot. And uh, but there's nothing personal about the the softness that I saw come when it before it wasn't there and now there's it's more and more there I really wish for it to develop more but there's a softness that was not there before before there was efficiency doing things you know and now there's like more like a, a softness that that comes it has kindness in it but it's it, it's in the movement often you know it's in the body and there's kindness to it this is one of the quality that is born from this wise attention. Patience, acceptance, clarity. Any of these that interest you? They're really good to feel. You can feel them. You feel the peace that can come is felt, is felt, like felt, like not just like kind of peace in the mind. It's, it's, a, it's a felt sense or the joy that can come from the practice. All these come in the wake of this giving generous attention to what is actually happening, no matter what. This is the other fun part about this, or interesting part about this. And this is not me. This is kind of paraphrasing the Buddha. This was taught by this person 2,600 years ago. He would say, from the most grossest, version of what's happening to the most subtle the wise attention is always welcome so he says in words i'm sure i'm not lying here he says when defecating why not be there so like i put it there just to put the whole range of activity you know so suck reorganizing also can be part of that if you can't, you know, avoid reorganizing your socks or something else, you know. But the invitation is to bring full attention in any activities, from the most gross to the most subtle. Sitting, experiencing, uh, somebody mentioned a very subtle breath, you know, very refined maybe, being there for that. But being there for anything else uh, is the instructions here. So one of the things that I want to do uh, as I'm talking is emphasize the sitting, the being present in the walking, the being present in the qigong, but also for me, extremely important, the being present in all other activities as you're here. That's why we create this space where you don't have to do anything. You don't have to provide answers to people. They're not after you demanding things from you. You know, there's a lot of space here so that you could actually slow down maybe a little bit. And when you make the bed, really take time to make it. Some of the teachers I've worked with when I came to do, um, uh, do my check-in, they they would always ask sitting walking and how is it to tie your shoes to put on your jacket where you're there when you brush your te- teeth you know and sometimes there would be that would be the first question one of the teacher i work with i came to see him and sometimes he would say how is it uh, just entering here well, <laughs> you know, I wanted, really want to tell, tell you about the sitting. You know, the sitting was really interesting. Now, if you can't tell about opening the door, you know, why would you ever practice this? You know, go back, you know, practice some more, you know. 
And I learned a lot about this. And today I was saying to, in one of the encounters that we had, I was saying to a person, what I found is that I can actually, by being attentive to the body in this way, going upstairs, downstairs, closing doors, putting things in the, emptying the, the dishwasher, starting a laundry, you know, what, whatever, when there's the remembering, you know, the being there fully, giving full presence to what's happening. How can I use this next activity to develop, foster ease and presence, you know? When I do this, I can calm down the, the um, um, nervous system, you know? So if I have a conversation with somebody, it doesn't go exactly as I wanted, you know, they didn't say, they didn't follow my script, you know? <laughs> I'm a little tense. If I would do as I usually do, go down the stairs so I would go be back at my bike or car or whatever, you know, then I would lose the opportunity. And now I find that in my daily life, I have many retreat time because I'm there as I go down the stairs when everything works fine, you know, <laughs> when there's the, this. I'm there when I go down and I can actually clear a lot of stuff just by being present like this. I learned that in retreat. I learned that also in life. You know, I continued the training, but mainly the idea and the basic the kick start, or kick jump start, whatever you want to call it, happened on, again and again on retreat because it's a perfect laboratory to do that. One teacher, I remember, spent many talks talking about sitting for meditation, not meditation, like reaching the cushion. I learned that with that person. When we finish, uh, um, I, uh, when we finish uh, the sitting, uh, often we bring our hands like this, no? So you can do this or not, you know. It might have a meaning for you, th thanking people for the silence they offer, the practice, the support. I use it a lot of the time for body awareness. I think it's an amazing thing to do, to actually be present as this happens. I can do it habitually, it's boring, you know, Mara could come right in, you know, what's next, I wonder what's next, you know. But if I, I'm there, there's a lot of richness in just this. There's life in these hands now, and now, and now. This is this extraordinary attention that we want to mm, see arise. This is, gonna, this is our best friend in life. Our best friend being there while this is happening. Imagine if I can be there while I do this with my hand, then I might actually be there when I meet my sister, mother, you know, instead of having my ideas about who they are and not seeing them and wanting something else in my life, meeting other people more interesting, you know, I can really be there say, oh, who's this person in front of me? Do you see the freshness that is there? I think many of us long for this in life. It's not so much what is happening, it's the quality of presence that we bring to it. So it's good to hear this through the voice of another. I like to hear, I even like to remind myself this now. It's true. This is a beautiful thing to do. Like now, for example, you could be in your ordinary mind. This is a boring talk. I would agree with you. From the perspective of an ordinary mind, you know, there's not much to it. I've heard all this before. But from the perspective of a fresh mind, of a mind that has extraordinary attention, this life here, I mean, if it's not in the word of this other, it's just in the feeling in your legs. There is life happening here. I had one teacher who used to say so many times, this is how my Dharma practice started. He would say, we've never been here now before. This is a completely new thing. We've never been here now before. Don't be fooled. Don't think that you've been here before and that you know what's coming and you know that there's still, what, 20 minutes left, more or less, you know. 
This is the ordinary mind. But if there's extraordinary attention, just a little added value here to the presence, then I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll touch in the ephemeral, ephemeral nature of what's happening. That's what happens to me if I slow down and become attentive. Wow, there's something... How did we get together like this? How this, did that happen? What's... Who are you? Who are we? What is it like to be here now? <coughs> What's this reality? So strange. Other people do other things. This is what we're doing, sitting. And all these colors. I've never seen anything like this before. What a unique thing that is happening. When there is a torment of the mind, desire for something else to happen, for the next moment to be better, you know, for however it shows up. Uh, when there is anger or fear, the imploded version of aversion. When these are there, it's hard to be alive. It's hard to be this person when it's there. Because yeah? it doesn't only torment the mind, if only... But as you know very well, it torments the body also. The body of fear, the body of uh, contraction, the body of doubt. You know, when there's doubt, when there's agitation in this, when there's sloth, the heaviness, you know. Uh, this is difficult to be in the middle of. If it was only that, but this little thing I want to add if you can hear, if there's still space for a few more ideas in there, might not be. But what happens when there is uh, these hindrances are present, it's hard to live, it's hard to be in this being, but it's also altering perceptions. This is an important thing. When I'm in hopelessness, the future looks hopeless. When I'm in self-hatred, I really appear to be a monster or unworthy or inadequate. Yeah? It really it gives a twist to reality. When there's desire, I really, it really feels like life is somewhere else than here. Yeah? Can you recognize something in there? How it alters perception? The other is really the enemy. There's no more nuances, you know. It's just a yogi next to me breathing a little bit more loudly than others. It's the enemy. You know, it really appears that it's the person who's destroying my life right now. <laughs> it's this breather. You know? It alter perceptions. Yeah? So it's, uh, so it's important to recognize this. So when there's the hindrances... The, w the way we want to be mindful is to actually recognize, name it, if you can. Oh, there's a version in here. Become aware of it. Put a name to it. You can put the, like, actively name it in the mind. Oh, fear is here. Fear is here. Anger is here. Doubt is here. Otherwise, I'm in the trance, you know. Maybe I should be doing something else. What is the thing that, oh, I think Jack often says, like, Probably, you know, Sufi dancing would be a much better path for me, you know. <laughs> I'm not too sure about this. What, which, which size do they turn? Do they turn like this or like that, you know? And I'm in the trance, you know, and I'm in it. And so the, the mindfulness, the wise mindfulness to recognize, oh, there's doubt here. Can I just name it? There's doubt. 
uncertainty, un, you know. And so recognize this and see if you can just feel it in the body. Feel how that body of fear feels. Allow it to be felt. This is the, another thing that comes in the wake of mindfulness is confidence. As I do it, I gain confidence. Oh, fear. I, before I couldn't be with fear. I wanted to avoid fear, run away from fear, you know, or I would blame this person for the fear that I felt, or, you know, all these kinds of strange patterns. That I, and now I can say, oh, fear. How does that feel? Oh, wow, it really presses on the chest, you know. Oh, it's really hollow in here. Or, it, oh, it's paralyzing. Yeah, it removes the capacity to move right now. You know, whatever, it, however it feels, whatever of the hindrance is there. If there is desire there, this strong desire to be somewhere else, do some, be somebody else, something like this. Just say, how does that feel in the body? Can I feel it? Oh yeah, this kind of numbness in the face maybe. Or there's heat, there's a lot of heat or there's contraction. Yeah. This, my friends, is the birth of compassion. Another thing that can be born in the wake of wise attention. Instead of all the different, all the different coping mechanisms that we have, justifying, blaming, avoiding, denying, you know, all the different things that we're running away from with thoughts in the coconut, like, uh, uh, like Philip says. You know, instead of just say, oh, this is how it feels like now, right now. It feels like this. Fear feels like this. This is one of the useful labeling that one can do. Tiredness, sloth feels like this. It feels like, let me feel that heaviness. Let me become interested in that. In that, in there for me, there's kindness, there's compassion that can be born. There's patience, there's engagement with reality. Yeah? So these are some of the things that we can do. Not avoid it, but recognize what it is and become interested in it. This is nature. It's not personal. Doubt arises there, then it arises there, then it arises there. You know, same for resentment or melancholy about the past. These are visiting forces. We can recognize, oh, sometimes I, I think about it as the... Um, the natural park, the, uh, how do you call it? The national park. Yeah? In America, you have many national parks. They have different landscapes, no? Some are like this, some are like this, you know? Some, and so sometimes, oh, I'm in the natural park of fear. The national park of fear. I'm in the national park of uh, joy, you know? Oh, let me feel, let me visit that. Feel joy in the body. How does it feel? Do I feel it some? Yeah, there's a certain lightness in the body. Yeah. When I am worried about my condition, I vow to rest in my human form, breathing in, breathing out, heart beating. When I am worried about my condition, I vow to rest in my human form, breathing in, breathing out, heart beating. So I'll finish by saying that the kind of invitation I would like to make here as we're here is to maybe take things less personal, get obsessed with the stories of what's happening and learn to change this, remove the glasses of me, I, and what happened to me, and put on the Dharma glasses. It means, oh, here's a phenomena, tiredness. Here's a phenomena, agitation. Let this be known. This is the revolution of the mind, getting out a little bit of the realm of the personal and experiencing things as phenomena, natural phenomena happening. Yeah? So it's not so much you, it's the nature of sadness. This is your, your ticket, I think you say in English, to humanity. Sadness, it happens. Confusion, it happens to human beings. 
See if you can feel it, feel the effect of it in the body. How it influences the heartbeat, the breathing. Your capacity to stay present to the body or not. Okay, so let's just take a moment maybe to uh, be here. If it's possible with this um, caring attention, this extraordinary attention. Whatever is there, the tiredness, the sadness, the disinterest, or the calm, the trust. See if you can feel the texture of that experience. How is it to breathe in ease or discomfort, exhaustion, or frustration, or calm? How is it to be embodied in the midst of that mind state, that quality of mind and heart? How does the generously given care, alter the experience if it does. Enter into your own body. There you have a solid place for your feet. Don't go off somewhere else. Kabir says this, just throw away all thoughts of imaginary things and stand firm in that which you are. 